Make sure you're doing it the right way. Make sure you're getting the instructions. Make sure you're using the products that they specify to ensure it's gonna meet the warranty of that installation process. Super critical if you're doing it yourself and you're inexperienced, it needs to be done the right way. Welcome to the Making It With Miles podcast, where we talk all things building, construction, uh, building inspections with regards to the real estate industry, uh, we also add a little bit of personal development gems every now and then. This episode is going to be about uh, how to DIY like the best way, okay? So this is specific for people doing it yourself. Before getting into this podcast, if there's anything that you find useful, please like, subscribe, and share it. If you have any questions or you want some questions answered, there's a little link in the bottom. You can put uh, your little Q&A. Happy to answer it and go into depth. No dramas whatsoever. So here we go. So we have two steps in the DIY project, uh, which we'll be discussing, okay? So step one is the planning and the design process, and then step two is the construction phases. Now, both of them are very critical and important as one another. So with step one, there's two ways we can go about the planning and design process, but before we get into that, there is something very critical that you need to understand, and that is getting your mindset right before you get into all this, okay? So the idea is is that you need to have the end in mind before you even start the planning and the design process. Now, I highly recommend to get that is you need inspiration. Go on into the internet, crawl the internet, trawl the internet, whatever the saying is, get as much information as possible about sort of what you're looking at doing. I'm talking functionality, finishes, the tap set you sort of like, just collate it all together. You can do it, use it on like a Pinterest board, for example, um, which I find that very helpful. Now, when you get all this inspiration together and get a bit more of a plan of what you want to do, um, you can communicate that with the trades that you have to employ, um, your suppliers or anyone you know looking to get materials, you're obviously your partner who's good, so they can understand you, you know, your crazy ideas. Yeah, so after you have your inspiration together, there's going to be two ways that you'll be taking the next step. So the first way uh, that I sort of recommend, and this is the best way to be honest, is engage or seek advice from a professional that has actually done the project you would tend to do. So if it's a kitchen renovation, for example, uh, maybe your sister's grandmother's postman's dog walker is a builder uh, or carpenter or someone is experienced enough to understand the steps, processes, all that sort of stuff, just drag them out and pick their brains about what you intend to do, how you intend to go about it to the best of your ability and just get their advice on that, okay? What they should do is give you a good scope, a good step-by-step of exactly the process of what you're gonna take, uh, what you're undertaking. And you'll also get a good idea of what things you may come up with, what problems you'll face based on the project. So they can be looking in your workspace, in your area, and go, right, you're gonna have trouble here, you might have issues here, you got some plumbing here, just some bits and pieces to sort of get your head in into the into the right space. Okay. You'll also get a ripper network of tradesmen, obviously, who they use and they can trust. And you'll also be able to have someone that can uh, lend an ear when you're going through the construction phases. So if you come up with a few things you're not too sure about, you can just 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 reach out and, and pick their brains. Okay. So this is the best approach. Step two isn't as good, but you should still end up with an adequate result. And that's simply just going through the internet and finding like a step-by-step process again of the project you intend to be undertaking. Uh, Now, this process is very difficult because trying to explain to someone a step-by-step process for a kitchen renovation, for example, can vary very much so because all kitchens are different and all the scopes of works are different, but you should be able to grasp some key elements of what you need to do for that project um, and understand 
you know, during this process, you're going to heavily rely on your trades to give you a good understanding and direction during the construction phase. So you won't have an ear to sort of talk to. You'll just have your trades to help you sort of steer in the right direction. Most trades are happy to help the best they can, but not all trades know all aspects of the jobs, okay? They specialize in one thing. So you've got these two methods. Uh, obviously, one's better than the other, but they should both lead to a sort of an adequate, adequate result. With whatever method you end up proceeding with, have a good scope of how the functionality will work, how it will look, and a step-by-step -step process of more or less how to achieve it. A critical component to end with during this planning and design process is getting the lead times of all the fixtures and um, finishes and your service trades uh, and, and having that listed out so you can prioritize the ordering process. So when it comes to the construction process, you know that the plumber is going to be 10 weeks away or you know that the windows will take you 14 weeks or one week. You need to have an understanding of all these elements so you can uh, prioritize it accordingly so nothing's going to hold you up uh, and you can execute a fast and quality project. So after you have your planning and design step solid, you know what you're going to build, you know how you're going to build it and you know the process is in place to the best of your ability. Step two is the fun one which is the construction phase. So now we're going to get into the detailed component. Um, so how to DIY the right, right way in this, uh, in this process. All right. So basically with any project, you can break it down into four phases. Okay. So we've got one, which is the demolition two, which is the structure and services three lockup four is the finishing. All right. Brief outline on it. One demolition, obviously doing the demo, stripping it back to your working platform. Two is going to be the structure and services, which is any modifications, getting services, plumbing, electrical, anything in wall. Lockup is anything uh, externally, so closing it in, windows, uh, external claddings, external doors, roofing, all that sort of stuff. And then the finishing, which is pretty much everything else, okay? So everything's in the wall. Finishing, you're going to be sheeting walls, cabinetry, tiling, mirrors, splashbacks, blah, 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 blah. Endless endless things. So what I'm going to do is explain to you each phase uh, individually and also give you the do's for each of the phases. So this will give you the best chance of a successful project and just make you think about what you're actually going in for and what you're intending to do and help you um, make those smart choices so you don't stuff it up. So we have construction phase number one, which is the demolition process. So before we start any uh, project, we usually have some demolition in place that needs to be undertaken so we can achieve the plan ahead, all right? Uh, demo is actually a really good scope for the client to undertake or, or, or if you're a DIY doing it yourself uh, because it's a big cost saver, right? You're not paying expensive qualified tradesmen to just do laborious tasks. So keep that in mind as something that's very important. Basically, here's the do's, all right? This is a list of items that I highly recommend that you undertake or be aware of and implement during this process to ensure that you're doing the DIY the best way you can, okay? So install your temporary protection and hoardings around the work area itself. Spend some time as the DIYer and cover everything around it. It's not gonna get damaged because you're gonna create a shitload of dust, damage, water issues, all those sound issues, cold coming in, water coming in. Do yourself a favor and put some effort into that and get that temporary protection and hoarding in place. Second is the most important one, I believe, is get a qualified plumber and electrician in to disconnect and make safe the work area. So if, for example, you're going to be pulling apart a kitchen, you would get the plumber and electrician in to disconnect the water, disconnect the electricity, okay? 
let them they'll need to let you know where any live water is in the wall or live power is in the wall so when you do strip off plasterboard you're aware of it and you can make you keep it safe um that's critical okay don't be doing it yourself that's just going to cause injuries it's going to cause dramas it's going to cause more damage and it's going to cost you more money so you know we don't want that whatsoever uh the next thing is anything to do with sort of cement sheet or suspected asbestos okay so uh hoping for the best and, 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 and assuming that it's okay is probably not the best approach. Just get an asbestos auditor out. They come out, they break off a piece, they test it, they say if it's asbestos or not, and then they come and remove it, okay? It's not an expensive process. It's not as expensive as people think, and the health risk associated with it isn't worth it. So do that um, if there's any sort of suspected asbestos. That could be like a cement sheet, uh, vinyl underlay, uh, you've got even particular glues they use back in the day. Best bet, you just get them in anyway to be safe, okay? Be sure to undertake the detailed demo of the project if you're a DIY. I mean, I'm talking things like you're not structurally demolishing this, uh, the property itself. You're pulling the things apart that are just aesthetic. Plasterboard, doors, joinery, uh, skirtings, architraves, all those types of things, okay? So that's the easiest process. It's going to be the most time-consuming. Um, so make sure you're doing that. That'll save you money and time and all those good things, and it's a task that uh, the qualified trades don't really want to do. So if you can tick that box, it'll be a massive win. If you have any structural elements that will be removed, make sure you are getting the knowledge from the builder and carpenter or someone you're going to engage to modify this um, as to how to proceed, okay? So they will most likely have to prop things and move things apart when it gets to uh, the second phase of the construction process. If there's anything structural, don't handle it yourself. Don't take the risk. The last thing we want is any structural failure in the house you're living in, okay? The next important item is to be methodical. So demolition is the opposite of building, okay? So what we do is we just remove parts and pieces the other way around, step by step, okay? So we don't just come in with a sledgehammer, smash into the walls, everything falls apart and it's happy days and it's easy. That's a pain in the ass way to do it. You actually just pull things part by part and you sort of strip it back all the way to the frame, okay? So that's the best approach to do. Uh, and the last one is just sweep, Vacuum, clean out, and clear the workspace ready for the second phase of construction. A clean workspace is a safe workspace. It's where trades want to go to work. It is the best thing to do during this demolition phase, okay? So the next phase is construction phase number two, which is the structure and the services. So now that we have the work area, uh, workspace stripped back, ready to rebuild, um, you're gonna have your plan in place. You're gonna know, uh, you know, ideally what you're gonna be doing. So this phase will include like the modification of walls, modification of ceilings, adding in services, um, modifying the services, all those types of things. It's just setting you up for the foundation of locking up and finishing off the job, okay? So by the end of this stage, you should pretty well end up with all the locations of your fixtures, all the locations of your finishes, You'll know the tile height, where it's going to finish in. You'll know where the skirting's going to butt into, where the joiner is going to sit, where the taps are in the wall, where the light's going to fit in the ceiling. You'll have every detail in place. The do's for the construction phase two, which is the structure and services. First off is you want to have all the fixtures and finishes ideally on site before you go into this process. So what that looks like is um, you want your taps there, you want ideally your bath there, you want your joinery 
thicknesses, benchtop sizes, tile thicknesses, tile sizes, all these types of things. If you can have them there on site, uh, this gives the tr service trades an opportunity to understand how far the tap's gonna be coming out of the wall, how high they have to raise the floor, all these types of things, okay? So the more information you have, uh, the better it's gonna be, and you're gonna answer all the questions there on the spot, okay? Um, if you can't physically get the product, you can just download the spec sheet, which should give you a good understanding of what you're in for. Having the physical product is the best, um, but if you can't, it is what it is, okay? The next one is the carpenter or builder. So they are the ones that will be undertaking these structural changes. They're gonna be adding in the new walls, they're gonna be moving structure that might be, you might be taking walls out and have props on them. If you're just adding some infill walls and it's non-structural and it's pretty straightforward, have a crack at it. No worries whatsoever. But if you start stripping roof structures apart and taking out structural walls and trying to re-prop the roof, probably best uh, to mitigate that risk and get a qualified carpenter in or a builder who knows what they're doing to take that risk for you and they'll do the right thing. During that process, you might be able to lend a hand, save some money on some labor with these trades. We'll see how you go. I find it highly unlikely. Other than that, the last one is the service trade. So they have to come in and complete their scope of works. Um, this may be modifications, relocations, new installs. So you can't make any modifications of plumbing in a house without a certificate. You can't make any modifications of electrical equipment without a certificate. There's no point trying to do all this yourself. It's gonna cause you dramas down the road. You're gonna stuff it up. If you ever come to selling a house, for example, they're gonna want to see these certificates to say that it is compliant. And if you can't supply it, um, well, technically you've, you're up shit creek without a paddle. So now that we're done with the construction phase two, which is the modifications, all the rough in, all those types of things, the next step is the lockup phase, okay? So the lockup phase is simply when we close in all the external elements. You might be changing the claddings outside to from weatherboards or something else. You might be adding in new windows. So usually for DIYs, this would be a pretty small component of the construction phase because you're not adding in massive extensions or new builds. You're having a builder for that. Um, so there's only a couple of items we sort of uh, touched on here, but they're very critical either way, okay? So the do's is order your windows well in advance, okay? As we spoke about in the planning and design process, you wanna know the lead times of all your materials and all those things. Windows is one that can take some time but from measuring it to having it on site. During the demolition process, you should have enough uh, information then to get the measurements and make that order. So when it comes to the lockup process, you can just install it straight away and close in that structure as best as practical. The next one is bricklaying. Do not attempt to lay bricks. Uh, even an experienced bricklayer is gonna struggle to blend in the bricks as best as practical to the existing structure. If you're rendering it, have a crack. I don't see an issue with that. But if you're trying to blend in existing bricks that you've got from the house and you're trying to make it all work it's a difficult process it's not something that is that easy so i would if i was you i would uh sack that job and try outsource it to the actual bricklayer the next one is ensuring the cladding system installed is done as per the installation guide now every cladding you get there is a detailed step-by-step -step process of exactly how to install it how far the screws are apart, what type of screws they are, the gauge of the screws, how many the battens are, all this type of shit. Now, the important part is understanding exactly how to install it because if you install it wrong, water's gonna get into the property and it's gonna be your problem because you didn't install it the correct way. So make sure with everything you do, uh, there's a product out there that has an installation process. Get that process, 
do it the right way. The last one is anything to do with if, if you have any sealants that you need to put externally to finish off the job. So maybe it's a weatherboard up against a, an architrave around a window or something like that, or where two, where two elements join. The sealant that you use, make sure you spend big money on that sealant. You want to make sure that it can withstand the sun's UV rays. All these types of things, it's super critical uh, that you spend the money on the sealants and skimping out or using the wrong, wrong product like an interior bathroom silicon is not an exterior brickwork silicon. Uh, it'll only deteriorate and then it's going to allow water in the property, which will cause you damages. Go out and make sure you buy the right stuff, install the right stuff, and then your uh, lockup process will be spot on. So the last construction phase is number four, which is the finishing process. So the finishing phase is the most detailed and involves the most scope of works for all different trades. Now, this is where the DIYs are in their element. This is where you get to play around, do all the cool stuff and all those bits and pieces that you've learned from the internet, from TikTok videos, uh, from friends. The list of items here, well, it's pretty broad to try accommodate all the, the wide variety of different DIY projects, but we're going to give it a crack. So here's the do's for the construction phase. Number four, finishing. Engage service trades so you can meet compliance and get your certif certification certificates, as well as that engage trades uh, for areas that you just don't want to attempt. You know your limitations, don't push it. Just engage the trades, it'll make your life so much easier. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. The second item is communication with your trades, which is critical throughout the entire process, okay? So you should be getting a detailed quote or a scope of works from all your trades. You wanna be asking them when they come in throughout the construction process. You are need to ask them what they need from you, what issues they're gonna face, what they're going to do, what they're not going to do. Now, this will give you a good understanding where the holes are with the plan, okay? So you'll understand that they're not going to do this, they're going to do that, wherever the junctions are between all the trades, so you can fill that in, okay? You can't make assumptions that, oh, the plumber's going to finish off all, all the silicon work around uh, the, the splashback, for example, because they probably won't because it's not their job. You need to understand this for the construction process. The next item we have is every product has an installation guide. As we spoke about before on the uh, claddings themselves, everything you do and install, there's a way in which you do it that needs to be done, okay? Make sure you're doing it the right way. Make sure you're getting the instructions. Make sure you're using the products that they specify to ensure it's gonna meet the warranty of that installation process. Super critical if you're doing it yourself and you're inexperienced, needs to be done the right way. The next item is doing it yourself is not always going to save you money, okay? Attempting a difficult and critical task could actually not be worth it and it's going to cost you a fortune, okay? You will attempt it once, it will cost you money and then you'll have to get a tradesman in to come in, pull it all apart, start it all again and it's just going to cost you a fortune. So understand your limitations. Sometimes it's not worth having a crack at it and just paying those trades to come in and do that work for you, okay? For myself as a builder, I've been burned so many times with plastering, okay? is one trade that I could never master, never had the patience to do it. I would always have a go at it doing it and I had to just give up time and time again because it cost me money and time and more money and quality of the job and clients thought I was an idiot because I was. 
I just don't do it anymore. I don't attempt it. I can hang sheets, that's fine. But coming in as with stopping up the plaster, sanding it all back, making it look sexy, that is not who I am. I cannot do it. I give up. I pay the man. I get it done. I find money elsewhere to sort of fill in the gaps if I need. So it's not worth it. I trust me. Another important thing to do is have waterproofed outsourced to a specialist. Now, waterproofing is something where you're not always required to provide a certificate for it, but you should be getting a waterproofer that will supply a certificate of compliance to say that it has met an Australian standard and all the relevant standard for that uh, project. This will be helpful if anyone asks in the future if it was done, because it's a common question people always ask. Um, and you can have that certificate there or, or, or even that quote and invoice to say it was done by a professional. It's also very critical that this isn't just undertaken internally to bathrooms, balconies themselves, uh, planter boxes, things like that. They, these really need to be waterproofed by a professional, okay? They have some ripper products um, and they are the most high-risk areas for water damage. Doing that yourself on balconies and then tying over it, don't recommend it. Even as a builder who has installed waterproofing many times and understand the process, I still pay someone to do it to get that compliance. But the last one in this phase is specific to the inexperienced people is just to be patient, okay? You're inexperienced and you have no idea what you're doing. You're doing it for the first time, right? So be patient through this process. Don't expect uh, the block speeds, all right? There is a methodical process has to be undertaken. If you're inexperienced, it's gonna be even slower for you. And just be patient with yourself. Don't try to rush it. It's not gonna be worth it because the result of the back end is gonna be shit ass if you just push it through and hope for the best and be like, oh yeah, here we go, all right? And it will just cause you dramas down the road if you start rushing these processes, okay? So again, be patient, take your time, and that's the best advice you can have. So to recap on how to DIY the right way, again, we're gonna go back to it. Step one, the planning and design process. Within that planning and design process, the critical thing that you needed to do was trawl the internet, crawl the internet, and get all your inspiration together so you know where to take uh, your next step. There was two steps you could take. The first step, get a professional on board, pick their brains, use their trades, use their knowledge. They're not gonna do bugger all. Get them on board so they can help you um, get that step-by-step processes in place. The second, which is not as good, go through the internet, crawl the internet for other projects that you've done that have been done similar, and list out all the items, all the processes, and all the trades associated with it, so you can make the, your own little plan together, and then take the next step, which is the construction phase. The construction step had four phases within it. Number one is the demolition. Service trades are to be used to make the job safe and to disconnect everything. Two, builder and the carpenters will be dealing with all the structural elements, okay? Nothing to do with you whatsoever. Three, suspected asbestos is to be tested and removed. Four, temporary protection put in place. Do that. Look after everything else around it. Don't cause more work. And five, demo is the opposite of building. You want to work backwards from the building process. All I say is don't slam sledgehammers through walls and just try to rip things apart and hope for the best. That's going to be the worst approach. Construction phase number two is the structure and the services. This is where we're getting uh, the service trades in to redo rough-ins, do modifications, all those types of things. Make sure you're getting those certificates of compliance from each of these trades as you engage them. The second in this phase is the builder and carpenter will be used to do any structural modifications, okay? 
don't try attempt it, to your, attempt it yourself. It ain't worth it. The third is to have the actual fixtures and finishes on site in your hand, ideally, so the trades can understand uh, what they're installing, uh, how th thick the tiles are, size of the bench tops, all those types of things, okay? If you do not have that, at least have the technical um, tech data on those products. So at least someone, they've got something to work off when they're doing their set out and all those types of things. The third phase in the construction process is the lockup, okay? Closing in the structure, keeping all that water out. Don't lay your brickwork. Just don't do it, okay? Second one is follow the instructions of the installation guides, okay? Again, all materials, all products, there's a way to install it. Follow those instructions. And the third one is don't get cheap external sealants, okay? Don't use your no more gaps uh, on your brickwork, for example, or, or around your windows externally if it's inside on your skirting. It's not gonna work. It will cause you dramas. It will cause you issues. Not worth it. Number four on the construction phase is the finishes themselves. All right, so again, we're back to the service trades. We are using specialized trades to come in to do all the servicing. So mechanical equipment, electrical, plumbing, all those types of things, and they are supplying you with a certificate to say that it does comply. The second is the communication is critical, all right? Scopes of the trades is very clear. So you understand exactly what they're doing and what they're not doing. And more or less, you're gonna be the voice between all these people, okay? You're gonna communicate between everyone to make sure you ensure this job runs smoothly. So communicate with the trades. Understand when they have to come in, when they need to come back, make sure everything gets done in the meantime and just flow accordingly, all right? The third, again, is follow the installation uh, instructions. And can't say it enough. When you buy a product, there is an installation process, a guideline of how to do it the right way. Follow that. You will not void any warranties. It will be done correctly. You will not have any issues. Um, outsourcing something that is too hard is going to save you money. If you find you're going to fail miserably at it, just pay someone else to do it. It's okay. You're not a bad DIYer. No stress. The next one is waterproofing. Engage your waterproofing. Outsource that for sure because you want to be getting a certificate of compliance to say that what has been put in place does meet an Australian standard. It's been installed correctly as per the product's installation guide, all those good things. And if anyone ever asks, you can have it there on hand and you will tick all the boxes because it is a very popular question that I get, especially when people are buying homes. And the last one is be patient. Take your time. You are inexperienced and you've never done this before in your life. You've watched the block a million times and they do it in two days. That is not going to happen even with qualified tradespeople, all right? You need to ensure that you give yourself enough time and enough patience to achieve a quality product. Do not rush it. Rushing it may result in making mistakes that you just practically cannot fix and it's going to cost you lots of money. So again, can't reiterate enough. Be patient with yourself so you can be very successful in this DIY process. So to end all this, DIY projects are like all projects. They're very complex, all right? There's a lot of people associated with it. So to simplify this subject was actually pretty difficult. This approach of doing it yourself, it should at least give you a good understanding of the things to consider when you are taking this process on yourself and more or less help you mitigate the common problems that are faced, okay? We don't want you ending up with an ugly, unsafe, problematic, and more or less non-compliant project. That is the last thing we want. And be mindful that undertaking a dodgy project isn't going to lead to any sort of success, all right? Do it the right way. Do it once. Be proud of it. Be patient. What I'm going to do is actually put it, pump out this as a bit of a checklist, and I'll add it to a link in the bottom of the description. So 
if you're listening to this and you want to get down all the do's for each of the phases and all the planning process, it'll be in the link below. Have a read, tick it off, get that advice and get out there and enjoy some DIY. Thanks again. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Again, please give us a follow, a like, a share, all those things if you found this very helpful. If not, that's fine. Just unsubscribe and carry on with life. Take it easy, bye. Let's work.